Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the State Tech Show. I'm Matt Hunsaker. Today, we delve back into the world of individuals and discuss Washington's recent enactment of a capital gains tax. Confession time. So I'm not always the best at calling my mother, and I'm sure that many of you can relate. We get busy sometimes. Well, when I went to visit my mom a couple weeks ago, she teased me a little by saying that she listens to this podcast because it's the only time she hears from me. Well, mom, if you are listening today, happy Mother's Day. And a happy Mother's Day to all the other mothers out there who may be listening. I'm back on the speaking circuit again, so today we are going to have a short little update on the Wild West. In particular, what's going on with Washington's capital gains tax. Last week, Governor Inslee signed Senate Bill 5096, And that is the bill that imposes a tax on capital gains. As many of you probably know, Washington does not have an individual income tax. And we'll get into that a little bit more later on. So this is just a standalone tax and not a tweak to an existing tax regime. The estimates out there is that the tax should bring in somewhere around roughly $450 million each year. So how does it work? Well, it creates a 7% tax on capital gains that exceed $250,000 in a year. But it is only from gains from sale or exchange of stocks, bonds, and some other assets. You see, there are a bunch of exclusions. For example, it doesn't apply to retirement account assets and sales of real estate and certain agricultural assets. There's also an interesting deduction for gains from transferring substantially all of a taxpayer's interest in a qualifying small family-owned business with less than $10 million in revenue in the previous 12 months. This also applies to the sale of substantially all of the fair market value of the assets of the small business. So those are the mechanics, not too complicated. What about the politics? Well, I try not to get into politics on this show because, well, I'm bound to offend half my listeners no matter what I say. But nonetheless, here we go. Because Washington does not have a state income tax, many argue that the tax system causes lower income residents to pay a higher percentage of their income in taxes. And this new capital gains tax is meant as a way to remedy that. On the other hand, others say that the tax is going to be problematic because these types of taxes tend to produce a volatile stream of revenue and also that it is going to discourage startups and entrepreneurs from locating in Washington. The thought being that they don't want to put in all the blood, sweat, and tears to. 
build up a business, and then when they cash out, have to pay a big tax bill to Washington. But all that aside, I think the concern is really about whether this new tax is just a stepping stone to a progressive income tax. One of the quirks to the legislation is that House Democrats inserted a prohibition on a public referendum on the tax. And that means that those who oppose it can't put it to the public for an up or down vote. So that leaves the question, what are the opponents going to do? Well, a few groups are looking to challenge the tax in court. In fact, I think one group filed a lawsuit after the bill passed, but before the governor signed it. And there'll certainly be more to come. These challenges are based on the argument that the capital gains tax runs afoul of the Washington state constitution. And the state constitution bars property taxes that are not uniform. And you may be asking yourself, well, this isn't a property tax, is it? Why are you talking about property taxes? And the reason why is that back in 1933, the state Supreme Court ruled that income is a form of property. That was the Colton v. Chase case. Ever since then, that decision has prevented the legislature from enacting a progressive income tax. And so the crux of the argument here is that capital gains is income. The tax only applies to certain folks, those who exceed the quarter million dollar threshold, and therefore it is a non-uniform tax. I haven't delved into the case law, but it seems to be a fairly solid legal position. But the problem is that it might actually end up backfiring for those who are against the tax. And that's because there is some speculation out there that these lawsuits could actually end up being a vehicle for the state Supreme Court to reverse Colton and allow progressive income taxes. We shall wait and see for that drama to unfold in the coming months. Well, that's it for today. I'll be back again next Monday with a new episode. Until then, have yourselves a great week. The State Tax Show Podcast is produced by Baker and Hostetler, LLP, and is for informational purposes only. It is intended to inform our clients and other friends of the firm about current legal developments of general interest. Issues discussed should not be construed as legal advice, and listeners should not act upon the information contained in this podcast without professional counsel. In some jurisdictions, this podcast may constitute attorney advertising. Please visit BakerLaw.com for more information about our practices and experience.